0: Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 155 today. Uh, We're going to be talking Easter Island Part 3, Mysteries and Updates. So let's see here. We did Part 1 and Part 2 a while back. I think it was last year sometime, and there's been some new discoveries uh, and theories since then, so I thought we'd do a little refresher and, you know, go back a little bit and I took some of the slides from the old ones, um, and, uh, infused them with some new stuff. So beautiful. Um, and if you're listening on an audio platform, there will be slides accompanying this. You can check out our, um, our YouTube channel. So please do so. And, um, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash mind escape podcast for $2 a month. You'll get exclusive content and episodes. And we have some tiers uh, that go up from there. If you want to check that out. Also, please go check out indrasweb.org and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live. Um, it's the app that we created to connect open minds, whether it's talking about this kind of stuff or alternative theories, fringe topics, um, thing you know, just rational discourse on uh, topics that don't usually get a lot of public publicity. Um, also, you know, the app will be a little bit different than other social media platforms. We're not collecting information or whatever. This is strictly just to know connect open minds and get the info out yeah and and move conversations forward and uh get people thinking and and, uh yeah
1: so very good sir how are you doing well how's it going happy anniversary oh thank you
0: yeah it was my wife and i's two-year anniversary
1: today and uh it's crazy how fast time flies huh i know maurice was my best man at my wedding yeah it was a good time
0: All right, so let's jump into this thing here. All right, that is a shot of Ahu Akivi, and we'll get into that here in a second. All right, so if you don't know what Easter Island is, I'm sure many of you do, but if you don't, it's an island off the coast of... um, Well, it's part of chile now, but it's it's out. It's in like near french polynesia Um, it's 64 square miles. It's so it's not that big Um, the nearest islands are the pitcairn islands, which are eleven hundred and ninety three miles to the west Uh, The juan fernandez islands are seventeen hundred and fifty six miles to the east Uh, The closest continental point uh, again is its home country of chile, which is about twenty three hundred miles away um, it is one of the most remote islands on earth, so if you're there and you have no way of, you know, getting around, luckily it's inhabited now, so you should be good to go.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. Oh, I, I'll, actually, I'll go back for a second. All those little spots you see along the coast, those are all uh, spots where Moai, like, we're, and we'll, we'll get into, like, how those are set up, but, like, ahu which is like the altar like the thing it's that sits on um and then the moai which sit on top of that so those are all the spots around the edges that you can see that are all marked there and then the main hub where everybody you know comes in and out of and it's like probably the biggest you know most populated part of the island would probably be hangaroa which is right there marked off in the little red square
1: yeah down by the airport yep so that
0: makes sense um all right, so roughly 1,000 BC, the indigenous people of the Philippines, Indonesia uh, started migrating east. Uh, some of them landed in Micronesia, some of them in Melanesia, and some of them in Polynesia. Uh, Polynesia is a sub-region of Oceania, and uh, it's located to the east of the Micronesian and Melanesian islands. So there you can see kind of like a little map um, Color coded, showing the migration from the uh, uh, the west to the east. Now, recent studies, and we'll get to this towards the end of the episode, show that there's probably people coming from Chile and South America because yeah, you know they've proven that you could take a raft and just build it with local stuff from around the coast and you know build a raft that can sail all the way across. So. Yeah, what um, a
1: crazy adventure that would be! <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, that's really putting it all out there. That would be oh, your yeah. modern day, like uh, the people that you know want to go to space or, um, sh- you know, drop out of those those Red Bull people that you know drop from the top of the atmosphere down. You know that kind of stuff or squirrel suit diving kind of stuff. Anything. Set up
1: that primitive GoPro
0: yeah so those are probably your modern day adventures and uh, I, I, or, uh ancient adventures I would probably also say though too there might have been some necessity at some point too whether it be people thinking that the grass is greener or the ocean's you know blue or whatever on the other side so
1: are you saying the grass is greener because of that Pink Floyd song <laughs>
0: no but that's a good that's a good point
1: um the Rapa
0: Nui people, who are the people uh, that inhabited Easter Island, uh, migrated to Easter Island from other Polynesian islands. Th- the dates range um, from around three to four hundred AD. Some people say, some people say, not even later till like seven, eight hundred, you know, a thousand AD. So, um, and some archaeologists will actually push it all the way up to twelve hundred AD. So it just depends on, I guess, who you're talking to, and there's so many different competing theories and hypotheses on what's going on. So uh they originally migrated with pigs, dogs, seeds, roots, rats um but when they got to Easter Island it is believed that they had very little of those resources left and one of the main theories on how uh the population dwindled so quickly was that uh, it was a combination of different things but that the rats ate a lot of the palm nuts which is you know the seeds of of a palm tree so they weren't able to reestablish or, um, you know, regrow the forest. So it was pretty much a combination of deforestation and rats and a lot of stuff going on. But
1: I'm assuming that they didn't intentionally bring the rat. They probably just found their way out of the boat. I would assume so. I mean, who knows?
0: I mean, people, I'm sure, eat rats. So
1: Yeah, some people have pet rats. You never some know. Some people
0: have pet rats. You know, but like you said, it's probably most likely that they hitched a ride somehow. But, I mean how big is the boat that you're taking to? Like, how would you not notice if that's the case? True. Um, by 1400 AD, there were no palm trees left on the Island. Uh, professor John Flenley suggests that it's the clearest example in the world, uh, of the Rapa Nui people, how they, they deforested the whole Island. So if, if you remember 64 square miles is not that, big so i mean you could see over a few hundred years how you could you know cut into those resources pretty rapidly
1: yeah if you're not renewing them for if you're sure. not renewing them i mean it takes a long time i don't know how
0: i mean i don't know how long it takes for a palm tree to grow but i can't imagine it's quick right i might be mistaken i don't know but um so they most likely trapped themselves on the island by deforesting it and then having no trees uh, to get off to build, you know, the, they didn't have the trees to build canoes and rafts or boats or whatever they're doing to leave the island. Um, the first recorded visitor, uh, who was an outsider, was a Dutch explorer named Rock, Jakob Rageveen. Uh He arrived on Easter Island on Sunday, April 5th, 1722, which was Easter Sunday, hence the name Easter Island.
1: Um... Was he famous for something else or am I just recalling his name from our past episodes on Prob- Easter Island? Probably our past episodes. All right. Um,
0: and then the, the Europeans, like other parts of that time period did a lot of damage to the indigenous and native people. And, um, yeah, that was obviously what was going on at the time. Um, so another thing is they ate all the migratory seabirds into extinction. So I forget how many, there's like 40 some species they thought at one point, and they ate them down to like two species that potentially come and go from there. So, I mean, that wasn't helping the situation. And if, I'm, if I recall right, uh, part of the deforestation problem was because the birds would eat uh, the seeds on other places and then come to the island and, and shit them out. Mm -hmm. And then they would grow the new trees or whatever from other places, you know, locally. So when you get rid of all those birds, there's nothing coming in. You know, there's no seeds or anything. So Let's go to the next one. Okay, so this is like the mythology or the origin story. Um, Ahu Akivi features the only seven Moai that face outward. So all the other Moai on the island face inward. Excuse me. Um, these seven Moai represent King Hatu uh, Matua's seven scouts. As the legend goes, I think it's Haumaka or Haumaka, something like that, had a dream on uh, of an island that he called the center of the earth. When he woke from this dream, he told King Hatu uh, Matua's, um, of this mythical land king hatu matua sent his seven scouts from Hiva, uh which is possibly they think where modern day Mar- marquesas islands are they think that that's maybe what it was uh the seven scouts found the island and then returned heva back to or uh, um to bring back the king so they, they basically the scouts um brought the king back to the island that they discovered and they called this Easter Island or this, or that's obviously Easter Island was named by the Europeans, but that's basically what, what the story is. Um, I think, uh, I like, I like that actually. And the interesting part about it is the part with the seven scouts and then the seven Moai face outward looking towards the sea, um, Uh like adventures. And then the other Moai face inward and, there's different i mean i think
1: are they the protectors
0: well supposedly it was the ancestors um of the rapanua people that that passed away that protect the people on the island with like resources and help them um in this life like that's the goal is when they built those statues for the the statues to help the living people in this life if that makes sense
1: yeah, well, um, it didn't work out too well for them. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, it did for a while, but I, I just think the sheer size or the, you know, the uh, the small size of the island, I should say, um, didn't help them. There's an older shot
1: of Akivi. Yeah, and it's interesting down there, those islands, they have such a, like uh Galapagos and stuff man there's only like certain species live there so i'm i'm assuming that's kind of what's going on on that island like you well, put a bunch of people it's, there it's it's one of
0: the most remote islands so yeah i mean yeah you know a lot of the stuff that they find there they'll find in other similar islands but it's still coming from like you know mainland uh chile or you know uh south america like a lot of the seeds they think that a lot of the sweet potatoes that are found on Easter Island and gourds are actually uh come from somehow whether they floated there or whatever um birds or whatever uh a lot of the the um you know the plants and uh fauna uh or flora i should say came from uh south america
1: well i'm like if you got trapped on Galapagos like you had to eat everything that's how. Like you know, there's there's only spe- certain species that live there. So if you were trapped there, that's how all this stuff went. Extinct. I mean, I'm
0: not. I don't know for sure, but isn't the Galapagos actually? That's probably not the best. I think they have like a large array of species there.
1: Yeah, but only those only those species actually live there. I'm just kind of relating it like. If- oh,
0: okay. So you're saying I don't I don't know I don't think that's the case. I, I I think that since it's a volcanic island, whatever's there either migrated there from like again South America like it, it since it was created by a volcano it had you know you look at like mainland south america or north america or whatever that has been there for a while right mm-hmm. i mean yeah there's been a lot of volcanic activity or whatever but this island was is like hawaii it was created by volcanoes mm-hmm. so whatever's there hasn't been growing there forever it's not kind of you're you're talking about something that's like secluded in the sense that it's its own little like paradise that's kind of untouched, and they got to protect the species because, like you said, there's the only species there that don't live anywhere else, like the tortoise there, the Galapagos right. tortoise, or you know. So that's I don't think I think it's the opposite case where a lot of stuff that's on Easter Island came oh, from it got other places there. Yeah, well, it came from other places. So. Um. Okay, so here's what we were talking about the Moai represent the deified ancestors of the Rapa Nui people Uh, is said the dead ancestors have a symbolic relationship with the living and would assist them uh, with things they would need in this life Uh, in return they would secure themselves a place or a better place in the spirit realm Uh, almost all the Moai face inward and observe their dead uh, or their descendants um, while keeping their backs to the spirit realm
1: are all of those statues around the same size
0: no they differ the, the Ahu Akivi ones are actually probably some of the more consistent looking ones in terms of like the ma- materials all consistent uh, I think it's um, uh, all that volcanic tuff from the same quarry which would be uh, Rano uh, Raraku yeah I've looked into this stuff folks okay
1: we trust uh- you
0: <laughs> Almost all the Moai, yeah, okay, so we talked about that. Now, the thing about, the, that's it's crazy, though, because there's, I think, almost 900 Moai, so only seven face inwards. That's why the importance of the mythology of the scouts being sent out, uh, finding this island, and then bringing their king back to the island. So I think that that's actually pretty important in terms of uh, their history and their culture. Um, the Ahu are the stone platforms that sit under the Moai Um, most of the Ahu are found along the coast and out of the 3 or 313 only 125 of them actually held Moai Mm. Uh, here you have Ahu I think it's Tahai is how you pronounce it Um, so this is just like a little breakdown of the different parts of the Moai statue. Um, you have the top knot, which is that red. It's made out of red scoria, which is a type of stone. The top knot, are the pukau or the pukao, or Uh you know. And then you go down, and then you see those eyes. Those eyes are made out of coral. Um, and then yeah. the body's made out of volcanic tuff, as I mentioned. There's a couple different quarries. There's and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but there's the ones that are carved from volcanic tuff, and then there's the older ones called, carved from hard basalt, but they don't know where the basalt came from. So,
1: And how tall are these statues?
0: I think they range. I'm not 100% okay. sure. I think 20 feet to 30 I think the tallest one's like 30 feet maybe. And then there's like a couple unfinished ones that they never moved out of the quarry, similar to like what you would see in Egypt with that big obelisk that's still in the ground. Uh, made out of uh, red granite, I think,
1: from Aswan. So is there any I wonder how they got that scoria on top? Or I don't think so. I, somebody proved that you could...
0: So one of the myths is that the, the Moai walked into place, like they walked to where they stand now. Uh-huh. And somebody took, like, they figured out if you took rope and attached it to each side, you, and you have a bunch of people pulling on each side, you could, like tilt it back and forth and when you tilt it it actually looks like the moai is walking forward and it moves Okay. so I don't know if that if that's 100% concrete that that's what happened and how they moved them there was a lot of debate some people used to think that there's these like roads and channels that they used to just drag these things but they don't know where they would have gotten the rope because there's no rope left over because they deforested the whole thing so that would have been an issue as well
1: yeah, they're working with limited resources. Yep.
0: It would have been, actually hemp would have been perfect for them cuz I think it's easy to grow.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Um and it's very durable and I think it like can deal in different conditions. So Interesting. Um, yeah, that would have been good for them. All right. So some archaeo astronomy having to do with the island. While there is no certain um, or well-known studies connecting the Moai or structures on Easter Island to the stars or constellations, uh, uh, Harvard's researchers have made some connections. They believe that some of the Ahus may align with the summer and winter solstices. Uh, They also believe Ahu Akivi may have faced uh, the three stars of Orion's belt uh, when they were built. There are only seven Moai that face outward. Again, I'll keep mentioning that because I think it's kind of important. That's actually a cool shot. We got to start sending you. we you <laughs> send their correspondent Maurice out there to get some footage.
1: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be phenomenal. I will Go say
0: out. we're going to work on this video. I've never seen a UFO or anything like that in my life. My dad and I, we, I went over to his house on his birthday. We're hanging out in his backyard and we looked up in the sky and we saw this orange glowing orb just hovering. Um, very weird. Gave me a very weird feeling. I looked down to grab my phone and I pulled, by the time I pulled up my app, Night Sky or whatever the hell it's called, where it pulls up all the stars to see if there was, if that was like a planet or a star. By the time I pulled it up, this thing was already gone. And he, same thing, he, this thing just darted off. So we don't know what the hell it was. Um, I know exactly where it was by, by like what stars and what time of day and there, so we're going to probably make a, a video on that again I don't know it could have been anything it could have been a drone it could have been a helicopter but it was just a very weird thing that made us think for the rest of the night so
1: well you kept asking for it and finally uh <laughs> Yeah, something, something delivered.
0: It was really far away though, but yeah, still, it was a very weird thing. It was definitely bigger than a, a planet, and uh, I knew I saw where Saturn. I knew where Saturn was in the sky, and I knew where Mars was in the sky at the time. So, it definitely wasn't either of those.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So here's a nice shot of I think that's Ahu Tahai. And, uh, there's another shot of Ahu Tahai. And then you can see the Ahu and then you have like the sea walls built around in the side of some of these locations. So, um, obviously to probably protect them, but there's tsunamis and things. I think the largest, I I have a slide on here with it, but There was a huge earthquake in Chile in like the 60s, I think, and it sent a tsunami all the way over there and it knocked a bunch of them over, so maybe the seawalls were built for that purpose, maybe they were built for other purposes, Um, but. And then you got another shot there of Ahu Tahai. it's a beautiful shot, but yeah, seriously, we should start, if this this podcast really takes off, we're going to start sending more east to different locations around the globe.
1: Start well, I have a picks. guide lined up for, uh, Galupagus. Do you? That's, that's yeah. I
0: can't stop talking about Galapagos. I, I
1: I want to go so bad, man. That that's, place is unbelievable. Like I said, there's only, there's species of animals that will only live there. Uh huh. I don't know how hard it is to get to Easter Island. <laughs> Looks like it's in the middle of nowhere.
0: It is. Again, one of the mo- most remote places on the planet. Um... Now we get to Thor Heyerdahl. So Thor Heyerdahl was a Norwegian ethnographer, and he had a background in geography, botany, and zoology. Uh, He put together the famous Kon-Tiki Expedition in 1947, in which he and his team hand-built a raft using only natural materials native to South America, and they sailed 5,000 miles from Peru uh, to the to, uh, Mo- uh, Motu Islands in French Polynesia, so I think that's even further than where Easter Island is from where they finished. So
1: that's crazy. Uh,
0: this expedition proved uh, ancient and primitive people could, can't could and probably did uh, make long sea voyages earlier than was previously thought. So a lot of the articles I'll pull up later, it's like, oh, the DNA Thor all might have been right, you know, and it's like they gave this guy crap and disputed all this stuff for years and it's like how many of these alternative theories that are not that alternative they're alternative in the sense that academia doesn't really pick them up and run with them but then they later they like oh yeah so there's a lot of visionary thinkers that aren't necessarily coming through the uh you know the um the school systems per se or Getting well, we know the grants or the research, are. well, getting the grants and the research, and it's it, more times than not. Even look at psychedelics. How long f- have people known that psychedelics help people? You know, help people, uh, and now they're doing all the the research. John Hopkins and MAPS and all these. You know, they're they're doing all this, but it's the the this idea that some of these things are crazy is is absolutely insane. Considering if you look at a lot of these theories that get proven right later on or partially right or whatever the case. Yeah. Um he based the name of the expedition on the Incan god, um, Kontiki Viracocha, which translates to Foma of the sea. So we've talked about Kontiki and Viracocha. Um I think Kontiki was a previous sun god, um and then it evolved into Viracocha and then if you've listened to our episodes with Tom Lane on uh, Mesoamerica and ancient sacred mushroom rituals and all that, um, you get into some of the things, you know, then you get into Quetzalcoatl and, like, this bean might have been the same bean that just translated to all these different cultures. Um. So, and then you have the film that was made about Kont- the Kon-Tiki expedition in 1951 that actually won an Academy Award for Best Documentary. Um, i i don't think i've seen it i I saw it was free on something i don't know if it was like netflix or youtube or one of those but I, i do want to check that out um he organized an archaeological expedition to easter island in 1955 his team of scientists and archaeologists study carving methods and possible ways that the moai were transported um in his book Easter Island: The Mystery Solved, uh Thor claims that the island was originally colonized by South Americans or the uh what is it? Hanau Epe, or the long ears in uh 1722, Dutch Admiral Jacob Roggeveen reported finding white Indian and Polynesian people living in harmony um when he got there. Uh something happened because when James Cook got there in 1774, he found much smaller populations consisting of mainly uh, Hanu-Momoko, which is the short ear people or the Polynesian people. Uh, ha- uh, Heyerdahl points to an oral tradition that talks about the Hanau-Momoko or the short-ears rising up against the ruling uh, Hanau-Epe or the long-ears. Uh, recent DNA and research of the Rapa Nui people suggest that a breakdown of 76% of Polynesian people... Or, or I'm sorry, the breakdown of their DNA shows 76% Polynesian, 16% European, and 8% South American. While 16% of the European genetics can be attributed to uh, the European explorers and expeditions, they found that the 8% of South American genetics... Were much older, and actually, there's a new article that just came out on genetics that points to that date could be around 1,200, which is where they date the occup the early occupation of the island. So, again, all this stuff starting to line up. When they called them crazy or disputed in before, now it's proving to probably be right. So,
1: yeah, and all the they're gonna have to change all the uh, history books in America. Yes. Well, I mean. There like, are, sure. are they? Are they? <laughs> I don't think. I don't
0: think any time. How can the, that's what? What I was going to say is like how every time something pops up like this, there's no. You can't just. I mean, you're just going to change a whole book. And if that's the case, something new pops up every year. I mean, Easter Island. I can pull up ten articles from the last year that are all different theories.
1: Mhm. But there are there are facts that support like the life on uh, the North and South American continent. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's not what the books are saying. So yeah. No, I I know, but I'm just saying. Like, if you think about like,
0: I don't even know what they do in school anymore. Is it online? Like, do they do a lot of stuff online? I don't know. But I mean, yeah, when we were younger, thing information wasn't really traveling like that either. So yeah, you would have the fourth edition or the fifth edition or whatever, where they keep updating it every few years or whatever. But there's the raft that he built. Okay. So here's the mythology I was talking about where Thor Heyerdahl, Thor Heyerdahl was talking about the, the long ear people uh, defeating the short people. So the Hana'u Epe, the long ear people, probably of Peruvian or South American descent, were defeated by the Hana'u Momoka or the short people, most likely of Polynesian descent. Uh, it is believed that a great battle was fought sometime between the 16th and 18th century uh, where the uh, Hanu-Epe people were wiped out by the um, Polynesian people as legend goes. So, I mean, that one, uh, I don't know if that date holds up. Like I said, new, new evidence is showing that there was a South American presence at some point. So, you know, people were getting around.
1: So those statues that don't have that uh, stuff on top do that fall off, or are they the just- top? Not, I don't see. Yeah. I
0: didn't. I didn't see anything on that. I was looking like, like, does it mean? Does it have some significance? I didn't see anything specifically about that. Uh, I would imagine that. No, not all of them had that because some of them are carved so the face uh, isn't big enough or doesn't it has like an angle towards the top, like the, the Ahu Akivi. I don't think that there was ever any any uh, top knot on there so i think it just depends on which one's but that's, that's a good a... point i mean i mean i don't know what that means or doesn't mean so you have uh rano uh or rano kau kau kau
1: yeah i, I got to give this. you credit for these names they they've well, blown I mean, me I don't,
0: away I, yeah i don't know uh it's a volcanic crater um So that's, that's pretty, it's actually kind of pretty if you, that's, that's amazing. There's a bunch of like little, uh, is that like little lakes or ponds in there?
1: Yeah. It looks sweet. Photographer's Uh, playground.
0: Yeah. And supposedly we'll get into it, but there was a competition where they would crawl up. They would swim to this Island off the coast of the backside of that, that, uh, crater and then on the way back, they would have to climb back up that crater to get back to Orongo, which was like the small village that was near there. And here we get to Orongo. So these are huts. So they go underground. It looks like they're like, you know, do you have to be tiny to walk through those doors? But actually part of that's underground, I'm pretty sure, because some of them are dug out pretty deep. So that, that window might actually be where your head is if you're standing up in there. And if you think, I mean, if anybody's watching that's we watched our Ancient Greece, I don't know which, I think, was it the Origins of Ancient Greece video we made, I think? Um, and then the Ancient Greece part Four, the megalithic structures and pyramids. Um, we actually, that looks very similar to those dragon houses where they don't know where any, you know, who built those, if you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, I remember that. They're like these stone, stacked stone houses. That's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I love the landscape. Like I said, it's a landscape photographer's dream. It's a cool shot. You can see a, mo- a lot of Arango there and that style. If you go there, can you just walk around freely or is there some regulations? I don't kind of regulations? know. I, I would,
0: yeah, I don't know. I'm sure if you go there, yeah, there's some sort of tours or tourism. or I don't know if you can just roam around yourself. That's a good yeah, question. take a little hatchet,
1: chunk off one of those statues. And <laughs> I'm sure people would try. Really cause mayhem. Yeah, I'm sure.
0: You'd be arrested instantly, and we'll get to that in a second. Some guy lost control of his car and drove into one, and he's in
1: jail. So Wow. Oh, well, they're see, not messing around.
0: You can see that it goes down a little bit there. And I don't know. They have the caves on the island which some people lived in and we'll sh- I'll sh- I have some pictures of that too, but uh I mean even you know, you, you mentioned like chipping something off or dating it or whatever kind of what they tried to do with the Great Pyramid and they got in trouble for that. If you did that kind of a thing, you wouldn't. what would you get out of it? Because you can't even date Stone.
1: Right, yeah.
0: It's, so it's stupid. The whole idea is
1: stupid, Maurice. Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to attempt it. I'm, I'm just curious. That's what I thought about. Huh? <laughs> now, if you chop a whole head off, you might have something. No, you won't. <laughs> You're going to get your head chopped. I'm sure that, that might be the penalty for that.
0: All right, so... This is kind of, you can see um, down to the left, the opening of that cave, there's like some stacked stones there. So you'll see some of the caves, they think at some point there was like wars or stuff going on because you have some of those stone houses and you have some of the inhabitants uh, or uh, habitats on other parts. But then you have uh, these caves that have like blocked off um, entrances that have like a bunch of st- stacked stones and they found like bones and obsidian tools and stuff in these caves. That's sweet. Uh, here's another cave entrance there. Um, supposedly there's like an underground cave system too, where they found some interesting stuff as well. That's what I was going to ask you. How much of this Island do you think is a not, uh, uncovered? Well there's, well, there's, but there's, it's like, they're like volcanic, uh, volcanic, like, uh, like uh tube holes you know like there's Mm -hmm. like systems like waterway systems and stuff underneath and um i think there's like a well that you can go down and like yeah there's like cave systems and stuff so so here's a good shot of the inside of one of these caves and then you can see like where the people tried to stack up stones towards the front um and in some cases in some of the caves i've seen it where they are stacked up all the way with just like a a narrow entrance to walk through so again this might have been like some sort of shelter but they also have houses so what's going on with that why is there some people turning these do some people want to live in the caves do some people um
1: you know i don't know it's interesting Okay,
0: now we get to rano Raraku, uh, which was like the main volcanic tuff uh, uh, quarry. And as you can see there, there is a overhead shot of the volcano. There you have a moai that is still uh, attached into the vol- the main chunk of the volcanic tuff. Like I mentioned before, it's kind of similar to what you might see in ancient Egypt with an obelisk that's kind of finished, but it's still attached. So sometimes when they abandon stuff, I mean, I don't know about this one specifically, but like I know the obelisk in Egypt was most likely abandoned because it was cracked. Um, So sometimes if you have a stone that large and it's cracked, I mean, you have to scrap. So.
1: Are any of those volcanoes active? I I don't think so. I mean you can look that
0: up. I don't I have no idea. I don't think they are. Um I mean it's in an area where, yeah, I mean it's in the ring of fire, but I don't necessarily think that that specific I mean it has if it's gone off, it hasn't gone off in a long time. There you can see a bunch of Moai in front of Ranu Raraku. Here's an older pic of a person standing next to one of the moai outside of the quarry. Um, most a lot of people think that when they see pictures like this that they're just heads or like heads and like a torso or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those go down da- all the way down to the right. feet. So, um, so how did they get buried? so we'll talk about that in a minute there's a few different theories some think it's deforestation mixed with mudslides um and other people think that that's just a long a lot longer of a time that accumulated that sort of erosion Uh so like the dates would be way older but I mean we'll get into those different theories here in in a second um another again looks like there's just heads and i know early on you know you what is it the division bell the pink floyd album and stuff yeah you you know the first thought is like oh it's a big head there're big heads on this island because you don't see the big, the big full bodied ones usually they're not shown first it's usually these these kinds of shots that you see right okay now you get to ahu tangariki um and there you see a mix. Some have a top or a one or, is it one or two have a top, not a few of them. And then, you know, others don't. Um, I think this is the most Moai on one Ahu,
1: if I'm not mistaken. And the chime in there, the three volcanoes that make up the island are considered extinct. Okay, there you go. I figured that as much, but... Yeah, so like in that one picture, only one of them has that little hat thing. Yeah, the red scoria top nut. So I don't know. I don't know if that's like more of a porous rock that could probably crumble.
0: So this is a picture of that same ahu, but all the moai are knocked over. So 1960, uh, the Valdivia earthquake in Chile injured at least 3,000 and killed roughly 1,655 people. It registered a 9.5 on the Richter scale the earthquake created a tsunami that hit the east side of Easter Island and knocked the Moai off of Ahu Tangariki so again that's the same Ahu or altar that I was just showing you with all those Moai lined up on there and they were all knocked over so they all had to be you know re-erected
1: hmm
0: okay so Motu Nui um is a little island off the edge of that uh, the Rano Kau or Kau? You know the that crater I showed you earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Motunui um, is the bigger one, and then Motu Et is the smaller one that's sharper looking in that picture. Uh, Tangatu or Tangata Manu was the winner of the traditional annual competition. The ritual consisted of a swim race to oh, an yeah. is- to the islet uh Motu Nui, so that would have been the bigger one. Uh where they would try and collect the first Sooty turn egg of the season. The Sooty turn is a bird. Um after they swam back to Easter Island, they would climb up the cliff of Rano Kau, which is that one that crater that I showed you earlier. And they would finish in the clifftop village of Arango, which was the village I just showed you, those circular stone buildings. Um, And in Rapa Nui mythology, Make Make is the creator of humanity, the god of fertility, and the chief god of the Tengata Manu. Uh, The smaller islet of Motu Iti was the main source of obsidian. Um, Obsidian axes and tools have been found on Easter Island, so... Um, you know they needed something to carve things and to use as tools and I'm sure do a lot of different activities with but uh, that's where they got the obsidian axes is that little sharp looking rock there so and uh, anybody that knows doesn't know what obsidian is it's volcanic glass basically or if you're Game of Thrones I was gonna say, dragon it's glass <laughs> um, some
1: white walkers
0: let's see here Alternative hypotheses and theories. So here's a little fresher. I think part two we did the alternative theories and topics. Um, So you have Dr. Anthony Parat and Dr. Robert Schock's plasma uh, discharge theories. So Dr. Anthony Parat is an American physicist specializing in plasma physics and nuclear fusion. Uh, he has a PhD in electrical engineering and plasma physics. Uh, Dr. Peratt hypothesizes that the stick men uh, or people found in petroglyphs found around the world uh, may be connected to a massive uh, coronal mass ejection that created the intense plasma discharges on the earth um, and its atmosphere. Uh, These plasma discharges, based on his test, resembled those stick men or stick people with two donuts or circles on each side. Um, and I'll, again, I'll show you some pictures in a second. They're found all over the world. So I was going to say, it almost sounds like an angel or something. Yeah. I mean, you'll see, when you see the picture, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, then you have Doc, Dr. Dr. Robert, uh, Robert Schock, who's probably most famous for his redating of the Sphinx mm-hmm. based on the geology of the water erosion around the base of the Sphinx. Um, and he is an American geologist with a PhD in geology and geophysics from Yale He's a professor at Boston University, um, and he also has a degree in anthropology. Uh, Dr. Schock connects Dr. Peratt's plasma discharge theory to the end of the Younger Dryest Era, around 9700 BC. Uh, In his book, Forgotten Civilization, he makes the connections between Easter Island's Rongo-Rongo script, which was their writing and all their their, uh, scripts and Dr. Perrot's stickman petroglyph suggesting an older date an older origin date uh of civilization on Easter Island. He also makes connections between Göbekli Tepe and Easter Island. Um Dr. Shock is well known for redating again the Sphinx and the timeline and the water erosion. So um I don't I'm not saying I don't believe that there's any correlation to um, go back to Tepe cause there are some similarities and I have pictures to compare side by side. I'm going to pull up here in a second, but, um, I think it's a bit of a stretch. Um, but I can tell you what I think here in a second. So let me pull that up. Well, here's just a diagram of what's happening, you know, when one of these, you know, coronal mass ejections and you have like the earth's magnetic field and your favorite, the Van Allen radiation belt. Maurice, I know that's your favorite. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So here's some pics of geomagnetic storms caused by coronal mass ejections. Uh, Corona mass ejections cause plasma phenomenon that we know as auras, northern lights and southern lights and lightning. Okay, so on the left here here is doctor Robert Schock's connection of some Rongo Rongo scripts to doctor Anthony's Peratt, or Dr. Anthony Perat's work. Dr. Schock's theory connects Easter Island to a younger dryest plasma event, uh which caused again a, corosal, a coronal mass ejection roughly ninety seven hundred years ago. Um, he believes there could have been constant like massive severe lightning storms around the globe that would have been vitrifying stone and pushing humanity into caves. I showed you all those caves before uh, and then basically underground. And if you look at some of those caves, they did try and manipulate them to close them off. So again, but there's other theories on why that is too. Um, Easter Island has underground caves and tunnels carved out by ancient uh, volcanic activity. Um, The radiation that would have, been caused by this event would have been very problematic. So there you have some Rongo Rongo script, two pictures side by side, or two symbols. Um, and then we look over to the right, and it's not that far off. Um, no, it's not. I wouldn't say it's as close as some of the examples that Anthony Parrot has, but it's 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 there. I see. I can see where they're going with that.
1: It reminds me of the dung beetle in a sense, too. Uh Oh, yeah, the scarab? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I could see that, kind of. um Dr. Anthony Peratt's experiments and conceptual images resemble ancient petroglyphs found around the world with similar dating. Peratt's theory states that these plasma discharges uh, would resemble humans with bird heads, humanoid figures, and stacks of rings and donut shapes and serpent shapes. Um, as you can see, there are some similarities. So you have that purple thing and then the white thing are the purple thing is what he came up like an experiment he was able to create that using plasma discharges so he was saying that the shape that I showed you that diagram based on the way that this mass ejection comes in the electro um, magnetic or the, uh, the plasma bursts um, that it would show up as something similar to that shape in the sky based on what he you know his theory um, and then you see those pictures underneath and they look pretty similar. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, other Please. than that, I don't know what, what else that could have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I don't I would like to, I tried doesn't to that, find...
1: Doesn't that resemble that Aborigine symbol that we've been coming across? There's too? an
0: Aboriginal symbol that looks similar, but um, I think I would have to look... Um as to what the explanation is the normal explanation or the academic explanation I would like to know wow. you know the correlation yeah, not, but I would like to know the, what they thinks happening there
1: yeah that's. I mean you might, we might as well weigh all options and make you know in the sense in that college. an academic would say oh they were
0: building pyramids all over the world at the same time because that's just what people
1: were doing it was the evolution of thought and consciousness and blah 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 so that's what that's what my question to you was you you said that uh go gobekli tepe you didn't see any correlation but maybe there was no it's not that
0: i didn't see i'll show you there is correlation but it's it's kind of it's to me it's kind of a stretch
1: right but my my thought may might be like there might be a collective consciousness where at the same time people were just trying to build things i don't know
0: well gobekli tepe is twelve thousand years old and the dating of Easter Island by mainstream people put it at like, like twelve hundred AD, starting with you know with the Moais. Like it can be pushed back all the way to like three or four hundred AD, but I think they have a tough time going any earlier than that. Ah, uh, so, okay. So that's what I'm saying. It's like a twelve thousand year difference still. Yeah, but I would say this that maybe the ancestors of the Polynesian people. Because um, we we made connections, right? We did the episode on Göbekli Tepe, and there's some some similar symbology found in Aboriginal art and Aboriginal symbols as found on Göbekli Tepe. So, you know, maybe they kept going uh, east. I don't, you know, and over that amount of time, that's kind of how it translated out. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Let's go to the next slide here. So here's just some more uh, found around the world, Arizona, Armenia, uh, Guyana, Spain, United Arab Emirates, Italy. Um, They all have these kind of similar shapes. I think that one, I found that picture, it's either, it's somewhere in, I don't know if, I don't remember if it was on Easter Island or um, Hawaii. I forget where I found that image, but.
1: Oh, okay. well, there's definitely something going on with some kind of collective thought process so here's the Makemake make or the
0: um the you know the bird man cult the bird man god um it's on the back of this moai uh so you have that now okay so see these are human like um mm-hmm. you know they they're birds with human features so they have five fingers, five toes. So it is a true bird-man cult hybrid type thing. So that's what, so I'll, I'm just pointing that out because here we're going to go to the next slide. So this is what Robert Schock, one of the things, you know, is in the Easter Island, the um, these vultures, He you know, he, he said that the vulture stone or Gobekli Tepe Pillar 43 uh, looks similar to the birds found on the back of these moai, And I would point out that the birds on the Gobekli Tepe Pillar have wings still um, and don't have human-like toes and fingers. Um, Their beaks and their heads look kind of similar, but even there again, um, the eyes are way bigger on the uh, Easter Island ones. So that's just my assessment. Again, I'm open to, to there being some sort of correlation, like I said, some sort of evolution of thought. Over mm-hmm. thousands of years, maybe ancient
1: ancestors, I don't know. And just to clarify, the Gobekli Tepe is 12,000 years before this. Right. So. And there's our classic handbag. Here's another thing on Gobekli Tepe, you
0: do not have heads on those T-pillars, but you do have hands with uh, fingers that go down around the belly um, same thing you have here, and this is kind of something that's consistent throughout uh, some of these megalithic structures and statues and stuff uh, with these hands around um, the waist or the belly area, and that's it's pretty common across ancient civilizations. But specifically, again, Shock points out the T-pillars at Gobekli Tepe and the Moai. Okay, so here you have... Okay, so this is artwork. As you can see, the birds there are painted onto the cave. This cave is known as Cannibal Cave. Uh, so there's been some speculation that at some point there was some cannibalism going on. Um, other people dispute this. There's a couple documentaries that talk about this that are out there. I, I'm trying to think which is. I saw one. It was on, like, the BBC or something like that, but... Um, In terms of the cannibalism stuff, there's some theories that when resources got low, people went to war, people got hungry, people ate people. So I'm, I don't, I didn't see, I don't know, I don't feel like based on the stuff I know from reading about the culture that that was necessarily the case. Um, and like watching documentaries and stuff, but it is a proposed theory, and they have found bones and, and different uh, physical evidence that might suggest that that was the case so and who knows there could have been like two people doing it you know it doesn't have to be everybody yeah I mean we have crazy people now could have been
1: a couple of Dalmers down there
0: yeah or a couple Hannibal Lecters mm-hmm. so here's some more uh birdmen carved into the statues
1: makemake Birds of War, baby. So that's kind of a creepy one. And here is another
0: carving. This one's interesting. It kind of looks like a Rongo Rongo um, script symbol. Uh, But I don't know what the thing on the left is, but the one on the right does kind of look like one of those rongo-rongo symbols. Okay, now we get to uh, another part of this, which is the basalt moai. So, evidence shows that the earliest moai were carved from hard basalt. No basalt quarries have been found on the island, according to Dr. Robert Schock. Uh, during a dive off the coast of Easter Island in the 70s, Jacques Cousteau found slots cut out of hard stone, which may have been the missing basalt quarry. Uh, Dr. Robert Schock suggests that an older origin date of construction before the rising sea levels during the younger dry uh, during the younger Drys era and his coronal mass ejection theory. So he Robert Schock's basically saying that some, of I, I don't even know if he's suggesting, I don't know how, where he stands on the volcanic tough versus the uh, basalt moai, like the difference in terms of is he, does he think that the volcanic tough ones were carved later and the basalt ones were carved carved earlier and those were the only ones that were carved earlier. I don't know where he stands on that, but um, the fact that there is no basalt basalt quarry is interesting. I think that, it makes sense that when the water levels were a lot lower that there might have been some other stone or you know something like that off the coast of the island since you are in ah uh, you know volcanic area mhm but i don't again, I don't know a lot of the stuff speculation I mean Robert Shock's been to the island, I know he talks I think he was married there too, so I mean he has definitely been to the island and he's definitely. Had boots on the ground and checked it out and did his thing. So loves that place, huh? This is one of the basalt moai found at the British Museum. There's actually kind of a ongoing feud over this. The I think the Rapa Nui people want it back, and the the museums say no. This is ours. So um, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, at, at this point whether it was given to them as a present or whatever i think that um, when you have stuff like that if the culture wants it back i think you give it back but that's just my opinion
1: yeah well that's not the way it works in america clearly well this
0: is in britain so well uh, yeah it's not the way it happens in london or whatever (laughs) yeah um but yeah i mean in terms of the island have you know the moai i mean i don't know what yeah you definitely
1: should give it back i
0: don't know what the explanation is but i know there have been a couple articles or it's mentioned it's been mentioned in a few articles that i read so uh the Turi or the kneeling moai so this moai is kneeling which uh no other moai on the island is uh it has a rounded head it has a beard it is staring up towards the stars it's carved from red scoria, which is usually what they um, carve those top knots or pukao out of. Um, it's found near Ranu Raraku, um, and some people believe it is tied to the Tangata Manu or the Birdman cult somehow. So that's kind of interesting. It does look different. The face looks different. Some, okay here here's what you were asking earlier some of the moai are covered in deep layers of sediment um one theory is that once the whole island was deforested without all those roots you know from the trees and the shrubs and whatever uh and the trees they that this created landslides when there was like raining and um changes in you know temperatures and changes in uh in the climate in that area um Dr. Robert Shock points this to this as more evidence that the Moai cult dates back to way older than suggested by mainstream archaeologists. He thinks that these were layers built of sediment uh, that was built over a longer period of time. So his his idea is that that sediment was built up over many more years than what mainstream archaeologists are saying. Mainstream archaeologists are saying uh, that was built up via the fact that it's like an island and it just gets tons of, you know, Sediment and water erosion, and then there's also the fact that there is no more trees, or and like a lot of that soil and all that stuff could have been forming landslides, so I mean, I don't know
1: those things are massive,
0: yeah, but that just gives you a good idea of how big they really are. yeah,
1: how deep they go. It's like a tooth
0: and um you know there's a lot of people that check that kind of stuff out, you know. Shout out to uh, Annie XT and uh, people that are into this kind of stuff. I know that, uh, I don't know, these are anomalies. That's why people question this stuff. I mean, I think that the water erosion thing or the uh, the erosion thing with the landslides is a very plausible explanation. But I also think that
1: that's a lot of erosion. So I don't Yeah, know. it's insane. Uh, it's a lot of covering up
0: or, you know, sediment building up. I don't, you know, that's, uh... The sediment, I mean, I don't know. I would like to see how much sediment buildup there is a year now.
1: Yeah, they can't test that I, I'm sure
0: they have. I don't know. I'm just, I can only read articles and scientific papers, you know, whatever's out there. I don't know. In documentaries, I can't get into the minds of these archaeologists. We gotta
1: build ourselves a little diagram, a little, uh... Shoebox. Diorama. <laughs> yeah, diorama. This guy see, was afraid to. to say diarrhea. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so there you have uh you can see the wall the seawall. So I think this is uh um Doctor Robert Shock points out um that this looks similar to Incan structures, some like Sokse Woman and um, a lot of these sea walls kind of have that vibe. But I don't know; I, they don't. There's a lot of smaller stones there, and Sokse Woman is a lot larger stones, and they look like they were molded into place. So
1: this stuff wasn't recreate, like uh, resurrected by. Earth oh, some of the stuff in- has yeah a lot of so when. I think James Cook in
0: 1774 got to the island. He mentioned that a lot of the Moai were toppled over.
1: Right, yeah, I remember hearing and like that. And it was
0: in like disarray. So <laughs> um, at some point something happened. Who knows? I mean, there could have been other tsunamis. The only recorded tsunami, that one from 1960s, because it's somewhat modern day, right? So who's hmm. not to say that that hasn't happened many times?
1: Yeah, well, it looks like that one fell over and
0: cracked its skull. So this was something I was interested in um because there was talk of people going crazy and f- inner, inner fighting with on the island and some people point to cannibalism and um just you know different vibes happening at different times so um but I wanted to point this out because there was an article that came out last year about um a shaman's pouch a fox snout pouch that contained Tons of stuff here. We'll talk about that in a second, but um, it was a thousand years old, and it was in South America. So we know that the South Americans could have gotten there. Whether we know that's in it's in the DNA, but you know, to what extent, I don't know. Um, in terms of uh, this, you have this picture. This is Acacia cavum, which is found on Easter Island. Uh, Many strains of acacia trees and bushes found all over the world contain high levels of DMT or dimethyltryptamine. Uh, This strain is also found in mainland Chile and South America. Uh, Little is known about the specific psychoactive uh, effects of this acacia species. However, um, its leaves have been known to be mixed with tobacco and... I don't even know how to pronounce this. Anadenthera. Uh, seeds to produce psychoactive hallucinogenic effects uh, Nicotiana rustica Which is a form of tobacco is also found on the island and contains nine times more nicotine than normal tobacco it also contains beta carbolines and uh, harmala uh, alkaloids So I mean right there you have some sort of ancient psychoactive snuff and some sort of you know seed that you can mix to uh, help yourself along maybe with the DMT. So that's just a possibility. I'm not saying people were doing this, but um, if ancient other ancient civilizations were doing this, I have no doubt that these people were also thinking along those lines or maybe inherited traditions from more ancient civilizations. Um, again, a uh, shamanic fox snout pouch found from uh, 1000 AD in South America contained bufotine or... Um, yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Benzo, ligonine, uh, BZE, cocaine, DMT, harmine, which is the MAO inhibitor, and silicin. Um, So that's a nice pouch you got right there. All right. Oh yeah, that, that goes thing a will long take way
1: at a music festival. I'll that thing you. will it'll keep
0: you up. It'll keep you. <laughs> it'll keep you tripping, and um, yeah, you'll be in a different world. Especially if all of those were somehow ingested at the same time or used regularly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um we also know that there's a connection between Easter Island and the ancient South America people as I mentioned before. Um I this is my whole thing too. I haven't I've tried to find papers and research on this. There's nothing online. So this is something that I've just looked into. I don't know anything. I've never met any Rapa Nui people or talked to any of them. This is just purely speculation and knowing that most other ancient civilizations have entheogenic rituals and um histories. So uh, again I'm suggesting that maybe some of these psychedelics may have influenced the different cults throughout Easter Island's history. So the the first cult on Easter Island to Mr. Martin who chimed in with about the uh the Birdman cult. So um the toppling could have been from that for sure. It absolutely could have been. But then there's also you have to look at the history so there's new research to suggest that um they were building moai all the way up to like the early 1700s so that's that's new evidence that they found um but what i'm saying is so the first um the first calder inhabitants were the moai cult so they were the you know they built most of the moai that was their thing and then later on you get the emergence of the birdman cult so the birdman cult might have been when they created the competition or uh, possibly when they um, maybe resources were running low and you know new thinking came about and there's maybe new leadership or whatever the case may be uh, so you have that again maybe did psychedelics play a role in that too as well I don't know. Um, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility when you look at, you know, the uh um the the bird-headed man. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen weird weird stuff in psychedelic states, so yeah, that's a good correlation. Just again, pure speculation, but I'll keep an eye on it, see if some somebody else uh, comes up with something, maybe somebody that visits the island a lot. Okay, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Ichi, o alienotoxin. I don't even know. I don't even know how to pronounce that. It's it's a long word, folks. Probably one of the longest I've ever seen. Um, it's known as a the hallucinogenic fish inebriation. So there's actually an episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopeia where he goes to Reunion Island, which is off the coast of Africa, if I'm not mistaken, and he partakes in a dinner with these indigenous people that eat these fish heads that contain this toxin. Um, and he has these like weird hallucinogenic dreams. Now this is not that pleasant though. So, um, but, um, again, I'm pointing to the fact that resources were low. Could they, could the people that, you know, when they can't get to deep waters to tuna to fish tuna or anything like that, were they resulting to eating coral fish and reef fish? And if that's the case, some of these reef fish are eating poisonous coral um, and could cause some of these effects. Um, when certain tropical fish are consumed, they produce LSD effect, LSD-like effects um, uh, with visual and auditory hallucinations. Um, there's There's no exact reason, you know, that they know that this is caused other than, again, I mentioned that the eating poisonous coral, the fish eating poisonous coral, or possibly ingesting some sort of macroalgae or green algae. Um, so there's a couple different theories. Uh, when the Rapa Nui people, um, you know, I, I just think it's a possibility. These fish are found in the area. I know for sure that some of these fish are found in Hawaii. Not that it's that close, but Polynesia. Um, I, I would think that some of these fish are pretty consistent. Um, the hallucinogenic fish to the left uh, is found on Hawaii and is called uh, the chief of ghosts so people have eaten these fish I mean you don't call a fish chief of ghosts people eat this thing and they see ghosts that's what's happening Uh, the effects of these fish seem to be similar to sleep paralysis although psychedelics uh, usually this, this particular psychedelic is usually not pleasant so imagine having you know
1: i mean so reading a poison. Yeah. Well,
0: sleep paralysis. There's a lot of people that don't think it's pleasant. At all. The two sleep paralysis sleep paralysis episodes that I've had were actually not that unpleasant. I was like kind of paralyzed, and there was like a white light that flooded over me. Uh, but I know people that see like scary entities and old hags sitting on their chests and stuff like that. So if that's the case, you don't want that. But again, it'll it'll get you to a place for sure um so again just another pure speculation of mine that these you know the Rapa Nui people when they could no longer get to the deep waters via canoes and boats and rafts resorted to eating some of the coral and reef fish and a lot of those were definitely chomping on poisonous coral Mm. and possibly algae makes some good sense there oh yeah oh yeah all right, so here's where we get to the news and the updates. So these are the articles from last year and a half. That's why I wanted to do this episode. So there's some new stuff that came out. Some of it's hashing of old, old rehashing of old stuff and updates on old stuff. But here we are. Okay, so this just happened. Amoai was, uh, so March 1st, 2020, so earlier this year, A Moai was run over with a pickup truck. The driver lost control of the vehicle uh, and brakes. And I I think it skidded downhill or toppled over, something like that. And the the Chilean man who was living on the island was arrested and charged with damaging a national monument. So there you go, Maurice. Alright, I'll stay away. The Moai and the Ahu um, that it stood on were destroyed. So I saw a picture of it. It didn't look like a full moai. I don't know if it was like a some ruins of an older older moai that was like partially broken already. It just when I saw the picture that they had and I I should have put it on here, but um it was like a green pickup truck that drove over the ahu, but it didn't look like a full moai was run over. So, mm. but it's still a monument. I mean, there's still an ahu, there's still some sort of remnants there. Okay, a new theory on Moai construction. So the latest research published in the Journal of Archaeological Sciences suggests the Rapa Nui people continued to build the Moai at least up until the mid-1700s when Europeans landed there. In 1774, like I mentioned before, James Cook found the island and the Moai was—they were in ruins. So could have been the toppling over once the Birdman cult took over could have been some inner fighting it could have been a lot of different things could have been a tsunami could have been tons of different things maybe an earthquake so uh it was speculated in the past that the earlier ancestors were a moai building cult and then eventually replaced by the birdman cult as i mentioned before as well rapid uh decline in population so this article um in theory the two main theories normally are of what happened to the decline in population is the eco side which is deforestation and fishing and and hunting and everything yourself into uh a corner basically and then the arrival of the europeans which brought disease and they you know slavery and all that kind of terrible stuff so Um, researchers from the university of Oslo, uh, have a new hypothesis based on the little ice age, which occurred from 1450 to 1550, uh, and the, the rapid climate, uh, fluctuations, the warming and the cooling of sea temperatures from El Nino and La Nina mixed with the dwindling resources, heavy rainfall was most likely a recipe for disaster. So this is saying you're on an island if there's any severe fluctuation in temperature, you are screwed because there's your remote, um, you're already put yourself at a disadvantage by using up a lot of the resources so that, you know, if, if that were the case, you can't farm, you can't do anything with all that, that rapid, you know, climate change. Mm-hmm. So... So there's another new theory on the purpose of the moai. The theory proposes that uh or they used a computer to analyze the location of 93 moai and found that they had a relationship with natural resources on the island, specifically fresh water since it probably would have been a rare resource. So they probably I mean, if you're 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 living on an island, so where are you getting your fresh water? You're collecting it somehow. Is it falling in you know the volcanic craters. We saw that there was like little lakes yeah. and ponds down there. You know where are you getting all those resources? So are so um, like markers. So yeah, so they were saying that there were like markers, but I don't know if I if I'm set sold on that one. I like well, the we last, always like to
1: go with the mystical. uh Well,
0: but yeah, but I actually like the last one with that little ice age and, and the fluctuation and being on an island like that and not having you know that you. You know, I can imagine, just imagine being on a, an island and one year it's, you know, 80 and sunny and then the next year it's 65 and it's raining every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's going to mess you up. That's going to mess up your crops. It's going to mess up your whole thing. Oh, yeah. So that could also play into the whole um, landslide thing. You get constant rainfall like that and there's no roots to support anything. I mean, again... I don't believe one of these things necessarily over the other, and this is always an evolving picture. Um, But, you know, if you're more interested in the more mainstream stuff that we talked about and more, then watch episode part one of this. So Easter Island part one was all the mainstream and academic stuff. And then Easter Island part two was all the alternative and uh, fringe-type theories having to do with Easter Island. and. While I love the idea of aliens and extraterrestrials, I one thousand percent do not believe aliens built anything on this planet. All right, and big, if big I,
1: claims from Michael there. If I had to pick something,
0: I would say it would be us, right? Pa- panspermia or something you know, something like that. Well, these structures seem pretty, pretty doable. Well, okay, not only are they doable, I mean. They, if you're flying across galaxies or you're coming in and out of dimensions, what are you doing? You're not going to carve shit out of stone. And even though it's cool and it looks great and it's advanced for its time, if you're coming back to the future, you know, back from the future and you're, you're Michael J. Fox, you Mm -hmm. know,
1: we still twiddle, whittle, and stuff. Though we still, we still chip no, away. I, I, no, I
0: know, but you're being. Think about it rationally for a second. If you were able to come and go as you please out of this time or dimension or across the galaxy, are you going to waste your time carving stuff? There's no laser cuts. There's some cuts in Egypt that are very precise that a lot of people don't still don't know how they did it. But when you look at this kind of stuff, I don't know. I feel like you could use obsidian or the d- diorite dolomite, something like that, and just
1: chip away. Yeah, that's true. But you know, at the same time, we're pretty advanced for who we are and we still do carve things in the sake of art. So I don't know. I, I agree with you that I don't think it's an alien, but at the same time don't underestimate the the power of boredom. <laughs> I don't know. Again,
0: I, I-, I just, I don't, The whole alien thing, if you want to talk about like inspiration or, you know, talking about like, you know, psychedelic realms and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's absolutely possible to tap into some weird stuff via altered states of consciousness and meditation and stuff like that. But if we're talking strictly physical things coming down, building physical things for no apparent reason.
1: Okay. I agree with
0: you there. That's my point. So, Anywho, that's about it I mean that's the slideshow So we appreciate everybody for hanging in there For this late night session Yeah, thanks for joining us Smash that like button if you're still around Oh yeah And um, again if you're listening on an audio platform Please check out our YouTube channel And if you're watching this on YouTube Please check all of our audio platforms out We're on all podcast apps Or at least all the main ones list is down below and yeah all the links are down below the video we do have a discord which is free and um there's a link there as well um head on over to our patreon at patreon.com slash mind escape podcast for two dollars a month you will get exclusive episodes and segments so lately i want to give a special shout out i don't know if they're listening or will listen to this but uh home mycology he's been spreading the word we really appreciate that we love you
1: thank you sir or it's a, is it a man or a girl you just go you know? check out home,
0: uh, home mycology channel Jesus All right. Um, and uh, you know we have other tiers as well we just got some t-shirts we have a few extra left we're going to start getting those out this week and um, head on over to Indra's and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live. And, um, again, it's an app that we created dedicated to rational discourse and open minded conversations. A lot like what we were just discussing here. Um, you know, where is that line between mainstream and fringe that makes sense? Or where is that weird wacky thing that eventually is going to come true? You know, like that's the kind of stuff that we'll be talking about on there. So, Mm -hmm and um I don't know I think that's it
1: anything else is this the last one in the series here um is this the last one in the series of Easter Island um
0: yes alright unless something we got our cameras mixed up there um in, unless there's something that comes up that's just groundbreaking, I mean, I think we right. covered it. I mean, it, to the best that of all the stuff that I know. I mean, again, I looked at all the articles, I looked at, um, I looked at you know all the documentaries that I could find. So we've done. Maybe we sh- we can make a short movie on it, like we did for that ancient Greece origins stuff. Wow. We do like a voiceover and like a little.
1: Thing now we use some eclipse and stuff. We can do something like that. Well, there's a good amount of information out there, so maybe we should move on to something. No, something new. We're here. gonna do. We're going all the way to
0: <laughs> Easter Island, part. We're gonna really commit this to this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, we're we're moving on. We have to do the ancient Greece Elysian Mysteries, part five, and. Beautiful super volcano part two we also have some guests coming up so stay tuned for that i'm unless it's set in stone i'm gonna stop now guests way ahead of time we've had some cancellations obviously that uh you can't control what other people do but
1: uh what are you gonna do yeah we we're all pumped up for it we want to get the word out you know we're trying to build up a little audience but you know we can't control other people all we can do is control ourselves and right we know we'll be here so that's the bottom line yeah. And
0: again, if you like our podcast, please tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word, share our links. You know, we want to grow this thing word of mouth. Our favorite band is Fish. And um the way that they build their thing is kind of how we would like to build ours, which is, you know, word of mouth. If you like what we're doing, tell some people. You know, if you have people that share your similar interests and it has to do with psychedelics or ancient civilizations, metaphysics, all that kind of stuff. Um, let them know about us. Cause, uh, and again, we're open to, you know, guests and topic ideas. If you want to shoot us an email, you know, I, I'll tr- I try and get them in. Sometimes we get to it. Sometimes we don't, but uh, I'll always consider it. So
1: very good, sir.
0: And finally, just check out our website, com, And it's got all of our links on there. So if you want to make it easy, just go there, go to our website. So, well, that's it folks until next time we love you all and shout out to martin shout out to home mycology and snake brothers and history shift whoever's else out there we love you stay safe everybody peace
1: cheers